Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, we return to our ongoing spotlight on entrepreneurship here at the Darden School of Business with a conversation with Ronil Diora. Ronil is a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and he also recently competed in the UVA Entrepreneurship Cup. We talk with Ronil about the software tool uh, that he pitched, a tool focused on the preliminary diagnosis of skin diseases. He also shares insights about his MBA journey, what led him to Darden, how his first year has gone, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Ronil Diora. Ronil, welcome to the podcast. Hi, hi, Brad. Uh, it's nice to be here and nice to be talking with you. Uh, I've listened to so many of your podcasts. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, that's always fun when we are able to have a listener on the show. Um, we'll note that you know we oftentimes will catch up with students who participated in UVA's eCup, the Entrepreneurship Cup that takes place here. There's three stages. One of the stages happened just a few weeks ago, and so it's exciting to have you here. Um, before we kind of dive into the interview, though, I want to see how things are things are going. I, I gather we caught you a little bit on a, on a break um, between between semesters. Yes, exactly. So I just finished my last exam yesterday and yeah, looking forward to the break uh, from studies and uh, all the recruitment uh, work that was pretty intense until now. But yeah, now the one month of time is just for me to uh, take a little bit of a break, rejuvenate myself and work on my uh, uh, preparing for my recruitment stuff that I'm looking forward to. So I have a few interviews lined up. I'm working on that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I want to explore a little bit of a challenge field as well. Didn't get much of a chance in fall break. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. And yeah, looking forward to going to downtown on Christmas Eve and seeing like how is it decorated. For your first year students, your your first year student, um, November to kind of early January, February. Um, that's a that's a busy time. Lots going on. You not only have schoolwork, but as noted, you got recruiting and getting ready for recruiting and interviews and all of that kind of stuff. So um, let's talk a little bit more about who you are. Tell us uh, more about you. Um, what's your background? What did you do before coming to Dart? Sure. So where should I start? <laughs> uh, actually, my uh, my mom and dad keep on telling me that you have been working with tools since you were a child. So when my 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 dad used to have a scooter and he whenever he used to do some work on the scooter, he, he has his own tools, toolkit and all. So I, 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 I used to ask him for the same tools that he wanted to work on the scooter and I wanted to sit beside him and work on the scooter, even though I have no idea as a toddler. <laughs> so I think that uh was innating me uh in a long time and then th that's why i became an engineer um uh so yeah after engineering i got an opportunity to go and work for a a pretty big uh, chemical and fertilizer manufacturing company again loved to work with hands that's why i went into this work uh, role and uh, had fun uh, fun doing this uh, engineering work but that was a great opportunity to learn how to lead people as well so being a 20 something year old coming out right out of undergrad i was assigned a team to lead the people who has been in the in the, in the workforce uh, as long as my age at that point of time and i was assigned to lead them so it was a great experience leading those people probably a little bit of a disasters in early months but a great experience uh, learning from them how to lead them now I can say that they are probably more like uh, friends and parents in in some sense that those people that I've led, uh, great relationships with them, uh, 
learned a lot with them eventually i realized that it uh, it, it has like my growth has started tapering off in terms of the knowledge that i'm gaining, uh, gaining every single day and uh, and the and the pace of work was pretty slow in the chemical and fertilizer industry because it works with the government so i had my eyes and ears open what's going on in the technology world as well being an engineer and a science nerd i keep on, <laughs> i keep on doing that and so uh, went into the startup world with an idea of uh, 3d printing uh, platform we tried to match like i had a co-founder to start the company with uh as a dear friend from undergrad uh, we started the company to focus on bringing 3d printing uh, services on an online platform in a sense that somebody has an extra capacity of 3d printing 3d printers and somebody has a last minute need let's say so obvious it's an industrial uh, manufacturer and they have some last minute that they, they can't fulfill from their own supply chain or in their own house machine they need those needs so we tried to match them on our platform and uh, yeah so that's uh, that was a great uh, learning opportunity to work on that we we <laughs> we started with a nationalized model but uh, it was end of 2019 and as you can imagine in within 2 3 months the world changed so we had to <laughs> we had to pivot our business model and uh, yeah uh, that didn't work out as well <laughs> as, as as much as we would have wanted and as much as we tried uh but yeah we uh, we shut down the company eventually because we realized that this is not going to work out at this point of time probably the great idea but not great time right now uh but that learning definitely helped me a lot because going through the startup world i thought that i have a little bit of an interest in uh, business as well and uh, i would want to learn how businesses work how different uh, areas and different silos of the business come together to run a business uh, in a cohesive manner and in a single direction and that's why I, i thought i can do this by running and growing my own business uh, theoretically i was right technically the world is not so kind <laughs> and so got to learn that okay i if i if i want to do this in a very uh, gentle way uh, business school can be a pretty great idea because my my co-founder was a had an mba and i i was seeing him bringing all the skins on the table i was like okay this is good time to go for an mba people who knew me very pretty well uh, have been telling me since 2015 16 that you should go to a business school you should go to this one and i was like no i'm not going to business school i'm going to learn on my own <laughs> and here i am <laughs> so you mentioned your uh, first startup um, around this yeah. idea of 3d printing um, yeah. and i i wonder how did you get the idea what attracted you uh, to that particular concept yeah sure so um, actually i uh, i used to uh, visit business fairs and uh, science fairs even science fairs of the schools and uh, 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 engineering schools as well and i used to see what kind of ideas they are generating and what uh, are the new things going on in the world apart from reading uh, all the uh, show resources on the internet and at one of these places i came across a uh, uh, what you can say hacker space hacker space are the places where people meet together they have all the all sorts of all sorts of equipment that you need to build something physical in uh, uh, and you you can utilize those resources for just a minute amount of fee those those resources are available 24/7 to you most in most places and you can go there and do this so i visited one of these places and somebody introduced me to 3d printing there they took okay, us a 3d printer and this is how it works and i was like oh wow this is an amazing technology let's research about this so i researched a lot uh, talked with a couple of experts in the field visit one of the got to visit fortunately even, even though the company was closed on that day 
somebody was very kind to let me in the uh, inside the uh, inside the office area and got to visit one of the biggest 3d printing service provider in india at that point of time even right now i i'm guessing that yeah they are the biggest service provider he gave me a tour of what is 3d printing and i was so fascinated that they do with this is something interesting that i want to learn how 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 it's done and coming from a manufacturing engineering background i was always fascinated what is next in manufacturing and that's how uh, i got introduced to 3d printing and yeah from there on i th- that kept at back of my mind and whenever i see something i was like can this can this be 3d printed can i bring something 3d printing here or not so that's kept on in my mind and some point i realized okay this is a business uh, that there is a business uh, gap here and we can probably fulfill that and that's how uh, the idea came to why do you think uh, friends family members just people in your network kept saying you should do an mba because because whenever i see something uh, i would say that okay this is not efficiently working this is how it should work because of xyz reasons and uh, all all the all, all those things like i kept on telling them okay this is how a business runs and when, when something new comes into mind i have to think about how a business can be run out of that uh, new idea or technology or science experiment or something that scientists come up with right and uh, probably they got bored <laughs> my friends and family that okay this guy keeps on talking about business how how can this be turned into business what how can we bring bring this to the masses how can it be accessible to everybody and all these things and they probably got bored and they're like nah, you should go to business school but the people who actually attended business school a couple of close friends uh, including my co-founder have attended business schools and they were telling me that okay you get to learn a lot you get to meet a ton of great people in the business schools and you get uh, get to uh, build uh, great relationships and networks with the people who eventually are going to be your uh, foundation for your future success and so that's why you should go keeping aside all the aspects that like i i keep on bragging that no i will learn on my own i will learn on my own and they were like yeah you will you can and you can learn and you will do learn on your own but the network that business schools provide and the people that you will meet there will not be uh, accessible outside of those uh, environment and that's why i was like okay yeah let's do this Well, what got you interested in, in Darden specifically? How did you end up in, in Charlottesville? Sure. So this is also a, a bit of an interesting story. Uh, so I started applying in. Uh, so I decided after shutting down our company, uh, a startup, I decided that look, I want to do a business and, and uh, I want to do, go to business school and uh, I would uh, apply to business school. So I did not have GMAT at that point of time. So I started uh, appearing for GMAT and all. um i had a pretty decent score in uh, end of uh, october 2020 and then i started applying in round 2 uh keep let, let's keep in mind at this point of time i didn't know what that is at that point of time <laughs> and with the score in my hand i was like okay uh th- this is this is the theme of my life i will start about pretty high level that okay i want to do this 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 and i'll try give give it a couple of uh, tries it i'll not be able to achieve it i'll learn something out of it and then something i get something that is pretty interesting to me and matches with my personality right so that's what i that that's what happened first time around i applied to uh, some business schools and i was like no i'm going to just those brand names and all those things so like keeping in mind india uh has certain business schools have a better brand understanding than the other business schools because of xyz reasons but yeah i was like okay these are the brand names that i know i just applied to them i didn't know what darden is at the point of time and applied didn't get through uh, uh on most of them uh one of them kept me as like okay you can get uh after round 3 or something i was like no i'm not doing that afterwards uh but after the break of like uh, not not getting anything in the in that uh, cycle i uh, had a 
pretty small group conversations with Donna Clark, our admission director. And uh, that actually converted me because I was looking at the schools that, okay, which schools do I want to apply next? And uh, I, Darden came to my mind and I had a conversation. I think it was first or the second conversation with somebody at Darden. I talked with her. She gave pretty good insights on what school is about, what is case method, what are the professors, what Darden offers to the students and all these things. And then I got hooked to the school. I talked with so many people at the school. I think I at that like within the next three to four year, four months, I might have talked with more than 25 people at Darden, either alums or either current students. Uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> I got sold at that point of time that this is this is the place I would want to be because I did want to learn a lot. And I think a case method is a pretty great way to learn rather than just uh, sitting in a lecture where professor comes, gives a lecture. We ask a couple of questions and then we move on to the next lecture rather than learning from each other's experiences. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I came across Darden. And yeah. So you mentioned uh, the case method. Um it sounds yeah. like maybe as you started off this journey, did you know much about the case method? And, you know, how did you learn more? Like what, what converted you essentially? Uh, not at all. So when I started this journey, I had no idea what case method is. Uh, but um, I think this conversation was with somebody who was a second year at that point of time. And he's an alum right now uh, working in uh, on the West Coast. He explained to me actually probably his first uh, couple of weeks on what case method is about, like what he was feeling in the case method and what he learned out of it. So he talked about how you start talking, uh, coming from South Asian background, you will not start speaking much in class because of uh, our upbringing and all, we'll not start speaking a lot. And he, he through was going through the same phase. And he explained that when you are not speaking in the class, probably you are bringing down the learning experience of everybody because you are not speaking and because you are not asking questions. There are people in the class who have the same questions or even probably uh, uh, deeper questions than what you have on your mind right now. If you start asking the questions, we'll get into that rabbit hole and we'll we'll get to the root of that problem, right? And that's what like th that's where professors come in and they try to uh, engage the conversation. Like uh, like at this point of at this point of time, I have two quarters of experience, right? So I know. And I have had some of the best experiences uh, of the pro in, in terms of the professors uh, of Darden, like Luan and Mark. They like I, I never imagined how accounting can be taught in uh, case method. And now after learning from Luan, I'm sold. Accounting should be learned just by case method, not by lectures, because that's how you learn how to apply the how to apply the the rules and the standards of accounting. To real life how do you bring it to real life what are the leeways into doing that and how people do that and how can you as a manager learn what to do what not to do and what to keep in your mind when you are looking through financial statements right so i think a lot of these things came from that one person who helped me understand what case method is and uh yeah he, he walked me through his entire experience what he was feeling and how did he uh learn uh what case method is it's interesting that point about maybe being a little bit reluctant to speak up at first, and yet, you know, the students need to actually be willing to engage in that conversation for everybody's learning benefit. Um, what was that like to to kind of think through that and think about maybe your responsibility to your to your fellow classmates? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> this happened with me exactly uh, exactly as well. 
I didn't speak much in the class because I I had a little bit of an like uh, I didn't had a gestation period as well. Like I came here just before our uh, uh, main orientation started. International students have another orientation. I saw before the uh, actual orientation that we have. Uh, so I just came here before one week because I had some visa issues and couldn't come in time here for the I saw. uh but uh, so i i didn't get a gestation period of uh, settling in my house settling in the chalasville area and the weather and also for the first 3 weeks if i'm not wrong i didn't speak in much in class because i was still going through that uh, transition phase of going to a different country not seeing my friends and family uh, regularly meeting new people here getting accustomed to uh, new type of waving uh, new new type of uh, greetings and all because i remember first day uh, I, i was going through the Darren Holways and somebody said like how are you doing and I was like ha ah, I'm doing good how are you and that person didn't even stop to listen to me and then I realized this is a this is a custom of south southern US that people ask anybody who is going on the way that how are you doing this isn't to be of saying hi it's not about like exactly asking they might be actually actually want willing to but as as like as shocked that that person asked me how are you doing and they didn't even stop for me to respond and uh, listen to my answer but yeah i was going through all these things so i wasn't speaking a lot but once i got into the uh, got the hang of how how the class works how uh professors actually made us understand what the uh, accounting uh, no sorry not accounting the case method is how do you participate in the class and uh, yeah so that helped me understand okay this is i have a responsibility as well in class to speak up whenever i am in a doubt even though it feels like i might not be 100% there or i might not be the subject matter expert and then even speaking up helps bring out experiences of the people who are subject matter expert in a sense that okay this is how it works and these are the five whys behind that and that's why we do this and that's from everybody's learning starts from there that this is the gra- r- r- grassroots level thing and that's how you build your foundation of learning that so yeah uh, I-, i think professors are doing a great job at explaining everybody what are their responsibilities and making an environment where everybody can speak up uh even though that person is a subject matter expert or that person is first time uh, listening to the name of accounting or finance So just for our listeners um a couple things have been mentioned so far uh Mark I believe is Mark Lipson uh yeah. who is a finance faculty member here at at Darden uh he's been on our office hours faculty conversation series highly recommend that conversation to you Luann is Luann Lynch an accounting professor um she has a massive open online course or two uh focused on accounting but her name comes up quite often here and and you mentioned ISOP the international student orientation program uh that is you know orientation programming specifically for international students that typically will happen before uh the class wide Darden or orientation for the first year students. Uh Ronil, I'm I'm curious you mentioned sort of this initial what you referred to as gestation period, these few weeks when you're kind of getting comfortable. Did you have a light bulb moment uh when all of a sudden, you know, maybe things got a little bit clearer for you or you got more comfortable in class where you really said, "Okay, now I understand what's going on. I I feel like I can contribute here." Yeah, so actually I think that that was one specific moment in uh class of leadership uh 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 where uh, the professor had us all uh, divided in uh, small groups and we had to go to a specific learning room uh, learning room rooms and we had to talk about something that is very very close to us and very special to us and that's that's where i start connecting with the people in my my section right so i'm i'm, I'm from section a and every section has that like like this small groups that had to go to their own to, uh, own rooms and uh, talk through 
we had a bunch of prompts i think that point of time i realized that okay everybody is has that has some or the other background all these people so th- these are all reminders we already know this all all these things right? but this this was a reminder and this was this was me bringing down to the reality that okay everybody has some or the other kind of experiences that are very much relevant to me or very different from me as well but we are all human beings everybody is here to learn something and that's why they are here so all those prompts were related to that only that okay what why are you here what what is something that is very close to you uh yeah what is your life experience like what is your greatest memory in life and all those things so this this prompts were just to help us understand and help us get close to each other i don't know if, the, if that was uh that was intentional from the team or not but leading organizations class had us uh do all this thing and yeah i think that was the period that i realized okay these are my classmates i can trust them so intentionally it, that was not that i don't trust these people it was just that my my instincts that okay i'm in a different country i'm i'm surrounded by different people i was on a back a back seat that my defenses were on i didn't want to talk much because i didn't know what these people are but that point i think it changed it me and i probably spoke in the class openly as well that this point of time i know that these are the 68 people that i trust and these are my family and i can take i i, I can speak anything in this uh, in this section and it will not go out of this room those are the doors that are very close to, uh, closed for us and we as a 69 folks are are a family here and we can speak about anything this is our section norm as well uh, what happens in section it remains in section a i appreciate that are there um, you're here you know at the conclusion of, of quarter 2 you mentioned you had just taken uh, your last exam uh, for the quarter you're looking have you got one more quarter of core if i'm doing the math yeah. right and then you move into electives um do you have a favorite memory or a highlight from your first year it, it you know obviously the story that you just told is is a great one but anything else that stands out to you is like gosh this was a great moment in my first year here at at dark uh i think this is a memory of a friend so she started uh, so so she uh, shared a story of her personal life in accounting class that somehow uh, she got uh, uh, uh she got see somebody showed her that she, uh, you don't know accounting and so you should not talk about accounting when you don't know accounting right because we were talking about something that we should look into accounts and all and in the accounting class in q2 at one point of time she spoke up and she thanked luan that i came i came to business school because i wanted to learn all this and she told luan that luan because of you i know what accounting is and i can speak to that person now and say that see i know accounting and this is why i'm here and that point when 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 this story happened in the section and uh, i realized that okay how much have i learned in this section uh, in this in, the, in this class and this gets gets back me to probably one of your conversations with uh, jeff tang uh, who was our career center uh, coach here and he 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 talked about this on your podcast as well about uh, uh, what is your learning Uh, out of where you came from and what you have learned until now right so everybody has a different starting point and everybody as goes to goes to a different learning level right so somebody who has zero experience or zero background on the subject matter they have the maximum to gain out of the pro, uh, program and uh, for the specific subject right because they don't know anything and they are going to learn the max other people are going to learn a lot but they are going to learn the basics as well and they are going to clear their fundamentals as well but the people people like me who had zero experience in accounting and finance i think that point made me realize how much have i learned uh, during this two quarters and how much have i uh uh like how, how much the professors have helped us understand like okay this is how 
business works and they've broken down the courses so well that like after like the, like this accounting and like yeah, i don't know why i keep breaking why we keep talking about this two courses but this two courses are like semester long they are two quarter long uh, uh, classes and on each quarter and we do a case which summarizes everything that we have learned until now that, uh, until that quarter right so this is not just for this two classes for almost every classes we do that we will do a case which summarizes everything that we have done for the entire quarter and that helps us realize that before starting the quarter where we were what we were, what we understood about the subject and now after going through 14 or 13 classes what we have learned and how can we solve this case and how can we look at this case differently because of that learning so i think that moment made me realize that, okay this is i'm i'm learning a lot here so your classmate it sounds like she was relaying a story uh, something that she experienced before she got to darden uh, yeah to be before clear. she got to darden yeah yeah before she got to darden somebody told her like you don't know accounting don't talk about accounting i think it's a good point that you make kind of echoing jeff tang's feedback about hey focus on where you are in this process yeah. and your yeah. your learning opportunities it's so easy to kind of look to the subject matter expert in the class and compare yourself to the person who's been an accountant or worked in finance or was a marketer or works in operations whatever prior to coming to target but the reality is everybody's got their own race to run they're on their own journey and we make up all these stories about ourselves um some of them are you know self-imposed you know our own ideas about limitations or what we do well or what we do less well and then some of them come from external feedback somebody telling us you know you you have no business talking about this or um you you don't know anything about this and and we carry that with us um as we go through any experience in, in life and so it's very powerful for someone to kind of be able to set that, you know, feedback aside and say, look, I have learned things here. I've proven to myself that I I can do that. I think that is in many ways like the best of all possible outcomes. It becomes really affirming for people, right? If you can do this, this thing that you were told you you can't do or maybe you thought you couldn't do, then what else what else can you do? What else is possible here? Um so Renee, I want to want to turn our attention to talk about the e-cup and you recently participated in the e-cup. Tell us a little bit more about the concept um that you that you entered into this competition that you participated with sure so uh, this is uh, a startup that a friend friend is working on uh, back in india and it's it's it's, it's a idea of uh, how can you utilize technology especially ai and machine learning to help people uh, to to make healthcare more equitable for everybody right so that's a 30 30 36 36000 level view of what the startup is all about but what uh, we as a startup I, i'm helping them run the startup and so i know a lot of things about this uh, startup uh, though i'm not a co-founder or uh, <laughs> an active board member but yeah this is what uh, we are trying to do there is uh, uh, is uh, you take a picture uh, of whatever you have on your skin you submit it to the app it's a mobile based app you submit it to uh, on the app the app uh, takes probably 3 4 seconds and gives out three results that okay these are the top, top three results and we think that this could be one of the causes whatever it is on your skin so it's a skin disease it's just a, a patch on the skin it's just a fresh harsh on the skin or whatever it is and it just shows based on whatever we have fed to the machine learning algorithm that these are the things that uh could be the possibility so that, that that's what it, it is all about and the idea came from um from that friend of mine visiting a rural place uh in india and seeing how how easy is it to uh to ignore skin diseases because one it is stigmatized second it is taboo taboo as well to talk about skin diseases openly 
And third, you don't have that much accessibility accessibility of doctors uh, in, in, a, in a population of 1.4 billion people, right? Especially dermatologists, because I think there are not more than 10,000 dermatologists for 1.4 billion of population. And most of them are, for obvious reasons, concentrated in the urban areas versus uh, probably 64 to 65% of our population is living in urban, uh, rural areas, right? So there is a disconnect of not having access to that and then all like on top of that stigmatization and taboo of not talking about those things openly. So that's where the idea came from that can we do about this? Uh, he got to uh, got in contact with a couple of uh, researchers who are expert in machine learning and expert in on a, on a, on a uh, and, and pathology and uh, using image to uh, diagnose uh, diseases. And that's how the idea came to the fruition that we can probably do something about this. The idea is entirely based in India and the entire feeding of the uh, for the machine learning algorithm is based on India. So it is currently uh, pretty well accustomed to the Indian conditions of environment as well as the skin diseases and the skin colors. So it is pretty accurate in India, probably uh, last uh, we checked, it is as accurate as like the theoretical standard of what is doctor's accuracy or doctor or a dermatologist's accuracy or diagnosis or disease versus what is the machine's accuracy. So this is the machine, right? So that's accuracy and we are at par right now. We can with more uh, research and this can uh, go beyond that. But yeah, that's, that, that's uh, the idea in general. And what attracted you to getting involved with this with this startup? Yeah, so <laughs> as we talked earlier in the my uh, earlier in my story, like I keep keep on looking out on the on the technology world, what's going on. When I talked to this friend, uh, what is he doing in a startup? Uh, and uh, he said that this is what we are doing. In. And I realized that okay, this is something very interesting, and I would want to learn more about. Uh, I asked them, can I help you somehow, one way or the other? And they are like, yeah, sure, you can. And that's why that's how I come in and help that specific friend helped run the business and think about how can we bring it to market? What are the places that we can start with to bring it to market? I bring in my own experience of uh, working on my own startup as well as advising one more startup of another friend. And that's where I come into the picture to help them bring it to market. And they bring, they bring in their uh, expertise of already uh, understanding the product pretty well. How do you think your prior experience is helpful, instructive to you uh, in this particular startup experience? Sure. So um, I think the way that I uh, uh, I and my co-founder for my 3D printing startup, we went on, uh, you can say, road tours. Uh, we uh, went and met a lot of manufacturers in India, uh, especially in the western part of India. Uh, and we met a lot of people there to understand what are their needs, what are their uh, shortcomings in the current supply chain, what are their problems. And so talking with these people helped me understand that, okay, I can I, I can talk with these people and understand what are their needs and where can we come in as a solution provider to help them. So I think that's where I uh uh, I came in as a helpful person, and that's why that's how I realized that okay, I can help you with bringing in people from different medical backgrounds, as well as like I have a few friends of mine who are uh, uh, doctors, and so yeah, I, uh, we keep on talking about what uh, they face as uh, they uh, issues they face as the doctors, and so yeah, I think those two things combined, I think I uh, realized that okay, I can be helpful here. They had their own experiences, but this person is also going through a business school. And then he's like, yeah, I can, I can use all the help I can get. 
and i was like yeah sure i can i can definitely help you with this because i have an experience of working with uh, grassroots and on the ground level what what to talk with people how to talk with them what are their needs understanding their needs and then like probably even tweaking our business model if needed or versus explaining them how can our business help them uh, uh, help help them give better services from the doctor's perspective give better services and from the patient services that they don't have patient perspective they don't have to go to a doctor every single time they see something on the screen how did you decide you wanted to participate in the ecup what led you to switch and leap and say <laughs> Sure. So, uh, actually, a friend asked me. Uh, a a classmate of mine asked me, "Do you want to participate in this?" And I thought, as like, yeah, sure. We'll 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 think th- think through this uh, over the fall break because we received this uh, email or the Q one, and uh, we'll think through this. But during the fall break, uh, I was visiting Seattle uh, for some uh, tech trip, and <laughs> at that point of time, I was talking with this friend, and he is like, "Yeah, sure. If if like uh, if this is a uh, good uh, opportunity, you want to learn how to pitch and all." And I have a stage fright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I I I get scared. I get scared a lot on like talking with a lot of people in front of me. <laughs> and he's like, "It's a great opportunity for you for you to learn as well, right? And you can." uh uh pitch uh, our idea of what we are working on and see if you can uh if you can get some uh the feedback out of it as well as you can work on your stage fright as well right so i was like yeah sure let's do this then <laughs> that's why i took that consent and uh, submitted the application and yeah uh did get to fight my stage fright <laughs> talking with <laughs> talking with experts expert panel in front of me and a few audience members in front of me Well, a quick pause in the entrepreneurial conversation. Tell us about the tech tech trek. Our, our listeners may not know a ton about this. Um, you went out to oh, sure. Seattle. What what is a tech 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 trek? Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, every year, like in last two years, because of COVID, it wasn't organized. But every year, uh, the consulting uh, not sorry, not consulting, but the tech club and uh, our career coach uh, Jenny Zener, who is uh, specifically focusing on technology uh, recruitments and technology jobs, they organize it. Back to the West Coast and to to the to the biggest of the companies, even smallest of the companies, if they are open to visiting us, and we, uh, as a cohort of students, uh, go from uh, East Coast, from uh, Charlottesville to the West Coast, uh, visit those companies and their headquarters and all, even the smaller offices, and sit down with them, talk with them, what are their uh, problems that they are trying to solve how are they solving them where they their mba experiences come in because most of these people are already darden alums that we are talking with and they have they they have graciously agreed to invite us and host us so we talk with them about uh, how is their mba experience coming in helpful and technical questions on the recruitment as well so this is what we do every single year we go over the fall break to the west coast and visit those companies uh, uh, big hires as well as small hires like number of people they hire And in terms of cities, I believe you went to San Francisco and Seattle. Do I have that? Yeah. Right? So we usually go to San Francisco mostly, but this time around, after COVID, the situation has changed a lot, and there are not a lot of people who are actually living in San Francisco and working in offices in San Francisco because of the remote world. Uh, but uh, we, uh, like as in uh, tech club and uh, Jenny Jenner's contact, were f- able to find out find out a lot of people who are actually in Seattle, even though they are visiting the office or not. And that's why we. to focus on seattle this time around but yeah it is usually san francisco seattle is the secondary priority because san francisco had a major popularity uh, population density until now but this time around we got more traction from seattle that's why we went to seattle this time around 
All right, Runil. So you mentioned uh, stage fright or feeling a bit nervous speaking in front of groups. Obviously, something you have to do if you're participating in the ECUP is you have to you know, make a pitch, you have to make a presentation. So uh, yeah. what was the impact? What was the experience of participating in the ECUP like for you? What did you get out of get out of it? Oh, so uh, when <laughs> I was probably one of the last person to present, and so I was in the audience member for the quite quite a significant amount of time, and I got to learn a lot because this is a UVA wide competition, right? So uh, a lot of undergrad schools as well as graduate school students come there to pitch their own ideas. This was just basically engineering and healthcare track, so people from those specific areas come uh, for the major part of it. But I got to learn a lot from them. How are they pitching their ideas? What are their uh, innovative things that they are doing uh, in terms of what they are speaking, how they are speaking, their connotations on the of the voice notes, uh, what are they doing with their hands and uh, physical gestures and all those things. So. While I was there, I was also including all those things in my own pitch that, okay, I would want to include this, that and all. But I have a couple of uh, great friends here who helped me a lot, who are actually pretty great orators as well as communicators. They helped me prepare the pitch and what do what should I talk about? Uh, what are the things that I should keep in mind? So yeah, great community resources, first of all. And then, yeah, uh, great experience of getting feedback from the experts as well. They also helped me like, they had to come up with some questions to help me and help them understand what our business model is. And they are like, this is magnificent work that you are doing. This should be part of your pitch. This should not come out as your, uh, like we should be asking these questions, right? So got great like learning experience from that as well. What to include in our pitch versus what to, we can keep on the sideline that, okay, we can talk about if it comes time to that for that. But this is the thing that should be, we should be really focusing on. So yeah, great experience in understanding what to do. And uh, like, yeah, as, as as I was talking about the good communicators and great orators that I have as, as in my friend group, and they help me understand what to do, how to talk with these people, uh, how to uh, keep my eye contact with whom, uh, how how do I keep myself calm and composed that I don't start sweating and all in front of the crowd. <laughs> But yeah, great, great, great resources here. Actually, UVA also organized one of the workshops for us to understand what should we talk about, what to expect from the judges, what uh, as in competitor organizers they are expecting from us to talk about during the pitch. Uh, we had a video pitch as well as a physical pitch in front of them and probably seven or eight minutes of question and answer. So that also helped a lot in understanding, okay, this is how I should uh narrate my story and build my story where should i talk about what and yeah so it's, it's a great experience actually a lot of community support in there uh from uva side as well as uh, from the friend circle there's typically three stages in the eco yeah. are you planning to participate in the other stages <laughs> so i've been asking this question a lot of times <laughs> and i'm not pretty sure at this point of time uh because the next phase is in, in february uh which is about uh going beyond just the idea and exp uh, explaining at least an mvp of this our minimum viable product and this is what we are planning to do so i'm not really sure if we want to go to uh that stage or not but yeah definitely i'm, I'm excited that if if we go to that and we'll do that because it requires a lot of energy from my end as well uh to prepare for the pitch and uh, uh from the startup side as well because i'll be tapping a lot of their resources so let's say uh in middle in, in mid-january probably we'll sit down and discuss do they have those resources do i have time and energy to spend on this thing because at that point of time a friend pushed me a lot to do this Honestly, I would not have done it because of that stage fright, because that friend pushed me a lot. It's like, no, no, you do, you do this, you do this. So we'll sit down again in January and see if uh, we can do this uh, again uh, in terms of our energy level and do we have time to do that.
Well, excellent. Um, curious about what you're looking forward to in the in the coming months. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, one thing actually we do pretty great uh, at Darden is building goodness in April, right? So I'm looking forward to do see what we are going to do with the money that we have raised. We have raised whooping amount of eighty four thousand uh, dollars, more than no ninety ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, ninety thousand dollars over the auction a uh, couple of weeks back. And yeah, I was on the team that uh, was running uh, auction for the section A. So, to a little bit of a background, uh, if you if you don't mind for the listeners, it's it's about uh, uh, students and professors come together, and then they uh, donate or give out uh, idea, uh, uh, physical things as well as experiences. So, professors generally give out experiences of uh, going on or going on a dinner with them on their favorite restaurant or at their home. uh some professors even uh, uh take people on uh, on on their uh, on their tour of their house and then uh, probably pool and uh, like mark has a pool and so he has pulled this time around that okay i have a pool table new pool table that i bought and so i will put in that look okay, you can come to my house we can have a dinner and we can play the pool as well so this kind of things professor uh, professors give we students being broke right now <laughs> we generally give out experiences that okay this is the experience that i can give so some some funny experiences were like uh, somebody gave a uh, somebody gave experience of going going to costco costco with you i being an international i have never been to costco <laughs> i bid it for that i was like okay sure i would want to go there if you are an expert at what's to take out what's to buy from costco definitely i would want to do that so it's a fun experience people bid on different things and yeah whatever uh, is the bidding amount does not go to the person who has donated it goes to the charity to the building goodness in april organization which helps people uh, of uh, underprivileged community build uh, their houses uh, uh, in the spring months of april uh so yeah that's what i'm looking forward to we have raised a ton of amount of money and we would want to see what we want to do section a actually uh, shout out to section a here we raised 14000 last year we raised 28000 this year double the amount <laughs> and 32% of the entire year i guess more than 32% of the entire year. so highest amount ever that was raised by us and so we are very proud as a team to that we are four people who are organizing this so we are very proud that whatever efforts we have put in uh, are actually reaping benefits so i'm looking forward to that and yeah in the spring months i would definitely want to go out and do a few hikes because until now i've just been able to do one hike because of all the things and all the information and experiences that is coming to me i kept the outdoors sideline <laughs> because i want to meet more people first then do all the other things that i am interested in the outdoors and all but i am hoping that i can get more time to uh, do outdoor stuff and uh, and the summer uh, during the spring and summer Renee one of the things that i really enjoy about what you shared this far is a lot of it has to do with pushing outside your comfort zone or maybe moving into those areas where you're like ah this is not something that comes super easy to me but giving it a try recognizing there's an opportunity to learn to grow and develop as you think back on your mba journey was that something that was important to you or do you think it's something that you kind of discovered uh this is something i want uh, to be part of my mba experience now that you're here at darden yeah sure so actually um uh, this is something that uh, uh, a recent alum told me and uh, somebody again told me like this this is the recent alum reminded me and somebody like when i was 
not a darden student somebody told me to uh, prepare a list of things that you want to do when you are uh, uh, in a pay school and do it before you get an admit like they were very specific about that because after you get an admit there will be a ton of resources coming your way and you might not get time to do that but prepare a list of things that you want to do and so i had that list like a rough list okay these are the things that i want to do and i have intentionally included a lot of things that i would not do without uh <laughs> on my own <laughs> to say to say the least right because i don't want to go out of my comfort zone but yeah so those things definitely help a lot here while i am in the program and i don't have much of a time to think about do i want to do this or not but like let's say every one month or every two three weeks i would go back to that list and see if i uh, if if i'm trying to do one or the other thing out of that list okay this is what i want to push myself on this is what i want to do build relationship with the people talk with the people understand their culture all those things so yeah so that little bit list is helping a lot and somebody else uh, very recently an alum told me he's like see the the thing that i'm missing right now the most is the thing that i didn't do while i, I was in mba and so that's why i'm trying to push myself right now to get time for everything and i asked him the same question uh, that uh, i am going to answer right now but yeah i asked him like how do you get time to do all those things when you have so many informations and so many things to do in front of you and he said me you can do it you just have to figure out how to do it there is time to do every single thing you just have to and that's what i am trying to keep in my mind right now that okay i have a lot of things to do but i have to figure out how to manage my time how to manage my energies how to manage the resources that i have on my hand and try to do all the things that i want to do and all the like tick off the boxes on that list that i have prepared before coming to be school and understand like okay where can i go from here yeah i guess it becomes about priorities at, at some yes, exactly. point what's most important to you um i recognize it's probably a very long list but can you tell us maybe something uh, one or two things that <laughs> that are on your list would you would you feel comfortable sharing that with our our podcast listeners just to kind of give us a yeah. flavor of what you were thinking about uh sure so uh i i don't remember the list at the top of my head right now uh but i think there was one thing about uh getting on the uh boards of this clubs and uh, uh helping community give back so i'm on the board of uh, humans of darden right now as a first year liaison obviously but yeah I, i'm i'm on the board and uh we are uh, doing uh, so i'm not good with uh, 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 public speaking right as 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 i said earlier but i'm i'm good with uh, talking one on one with people and so that's what i wanted to leverage and help people bring out stories of people right and that's when i learned about what uh, humans of darden is about and uh, our instagram page of humans of darden uh, i was like okay sure i would want to do that and that's why i applied for that specific role of helping the two folks that are already doing a great work to help them bring out more uh, flavor from the first year students because i am in the first year they are in the second year so they might not know as many first years so bring out more flavor from the first year folks who have pretty great stories but they might not talk openly might not talk publicly so what we are trying to do here is uh, we try to see if they have some interesting stories that everybody can relate to as well as at the same time they say that okay this is something unique that they went through and that is what is defining them right now who they are and their goals and their priorities in the life so that's that was something that i wanted to do to give back to the community and yeah that's, so that that's one thing that i uh, uh from the list i think the other thing was going out on as many hikes as possible not <laughs> not great on that list right now on, until now but yeah i think i'll be there uh, by end of uh, uh yeah 20 months of my time here 
Yeah, my, my sense is that people find more time for those kinds of things uh, in the second year when we talk to second yeah. year students here on the podcast. I think you're... Yeah, we have a saying of SYBY, yeah, hashtag SYBY, second year based year, but whoever I'm talking to are saying that, no, it's not. <laughs> you Because, because that's, the, that's the thing, right? Like in the first year, you wanted to give back to the community a lot because, but because of the parity, you can't. But in the second year, since you have more time because you are off recruitment for the most part and you have more time to focus on other things, you take on leadership responsibility as and that is helping us run the school, right? This is a student-led student, student -led and student-run school, right? So you take on responsibility and then you get uh, busy with that. So yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good misnomer, SYBY. We keep on saying that it's a second year base year, but yeah, <laughs> it does not turn out to be that for everybody in terms of like just having fun every single day. They are having fun in doing what they are doing, but not uh, like, yeah, they are busy every single day as well. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say second year busy year uh, because of <laughs> all the things uh, that you mentioned. Uh, last question for you here, Ronil, as we wrap up, um, piece of advice that you would share with our listeners, something you would encourage them to keep in mind as they go forth on their MBA journey. Oh my God, <laughs> I, I am feeling like I should say something profound here, but I don't have a lot of things to say profound here. <laughs> but I would say uh, just have, have fun on your journey. Uh, try to see what kind of people you are getting to talk with. And, and it, it definitely makes a sense. Like somebody gave me this advice when I was um, going through my own uh, application journey for the business schools. Uh, of um, so when I ask this person like I'm not able to understand which schools do I apply to which versus which school I do, do not apply to and uh, they told me to just talk with people and see if you can match with their vibes or not match with what they are saying can you understand them what they are saying can you understand the culture that they are describing there can you can you fit into that culture or not so I would say just try to do that more than the other other things like rankings and the and the brand value and all those things which i definitely did and i understand that those are not the important things in my life more more important things are what are the kind of people that i'm going to surround myself with and since we are going to spend pretty uh uh ups, ups and, uh, uh, a journey full of ups and downs with these people it is going to rub off us as well so 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 it makes sense probably to think about what kind of person you want to be and try to surround yourself with the people that you want to be uh, and go to that business school. Well, Renil, thank you for your time today. It's great to have you here on the podcast. And what great advice. Think about who you want to be and find those people, surround yourself with those people. I uh, appreciate your, your sharing your experience with our, our listeners and, and best of luck on, on your startup entrepreneurial journey. Excited to hear more. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Brett. And it was fun uh, talking with you. And that was my conversation with Ronil Diora, a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. <laughs>